Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. Chris Herndon joins me now. Chris, what are you listening to? Uh, Act Naturally by Buck Owens. A little movie-themed music. Um, had to pay, pay respect to Mary Weiss yesterday. This will be a day late on an Oscar-themed song. Um, do you have any other particular reflections on the... Uh, Oscars on the nominations. You know, when we talked about yesterday, I had barely looked at it, frankly, because I was busy trying to finish something up. Um, The most surprising thing, like the Barbie stuff has gotten the most attention because Barbie is the biggest movie of the year. The most surprising omission, I didn't even realize it when I first read it, and I went back and looked. It's wild. I'm not even saying it's wrong necessarily because I think all the nominees were good, but it's wild that Killers of the Flower Moon was not nominated for Best Adapted Mm -hmm. Screenplay when it's like one of the most nominated movies and it's adapted from a book that was a bestseller that I think people are really familiar with. And, right. like, the adaptation is sort of key to – it's just I, – I, I never in a million years would have guessed that would not have been nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay. I think the, the, the absence of any of the actors from May-December is quite conspicuous. Um, and just the general absence of that movie is quite conspicuous. Um, I think – the Margot Robbie absence is more notable than the Greta Gerwig absence in director. Greta Gerwig, by the way, is nominated for, for in the screenplay category. Um, I see. Um, but just because I, there's so many good candidates for best director. But the, the best actress nominations, I, it's particularly, it seems kind of dull and unimaginative um, to have Carrie Mulligan and Annette Bening in there instead of Margot Robbie and, and uh, Natalie Portman. Is... Barbie was nominated as an adapted screenplay. What is it adapted from? Pre-existing intellectual <laughs> property. I see. Yeah, the, the, from the from the the, from the, the, con- the concept and story right, world right, of Barbie right. as a pre-existing right. thing. And right. so I think that's fair. I mean, you, you get into sort of it's not adapted from a book or a play, but it's adapted from a character that already exists, a fictional character that someone else has conceived. Where are your lists? You do vote. Where have you and have you written? About what your top five, top ten? Movies? Well, I, I, I did a year yeah. in film list for the Daily Mythian. Right. It may have come out while we were on break in right. terms of the radio show. Yeah. But yeah, like end of the year, my 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 you know year in film list came out. I did not put my ballot for my critics poll on there, which has all the other acting categories and all of that. But I did I did a year in list. Yeah. What were your top three movies? Um, Oppenheimer, Showing Up, and Past Lives. And then May, December 4, Killers of the Flower Moon 5, Barbie 6, if I remember correctly, The Killer 7, Poor Things 8, maybe, maybe, maybe they're wrong, Spider-Man Across the Universe, Across the Multiverse or whatever, 
and then Anatomy of a Fall. I would probably do that differently if I rewrote it today. And I did not. I just I decided not to include the Zone of Interest. Otherwise, that would have been in my top five. Uh, and why Oppenheimer? Um. I, I just think Oppenheimer's great, like, in all kinds of ways. Like, you know, it was sort of everything about it is clicking in that movie to me. I saw it in the theaters twice, and I thought it it, it, it held up really well the second time. I, I think, you know, I think it works. It works as both sort of, you know, in terms of, I want to say art and entertainment. Like right. There's a big difference between those two things. But it works both in terms of the ideas of it and in terms of just the, the, the scene-by-scene sort of movie experience of it. Um. And I, I, you know, I, I think that's the best movie I saw last year. All right, uh, onward to the, how many have you seen? I know you saw Oppenheimer. I saw Oppenheimer. You saw Barbie. I saw Barbie. That it? No Killers no, of the Flower Moon. I did not see Killers of the Flower Moon. I don't think I saw any of the others that were nominated. I didn't see any of the others that were nominated. I would like to see the hold. What's it called? The, hold- the holdovers. You'd like the holdovers. I'd like to. I'd like to see the holdovers. Yeah. Um, I saw some movie about an alien that landed in someone's backyard. What the hell was that movie called? Uh, Signs? That was like 20 years ago? Uh, E.T.? No. E.T.? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it was... It was a... Didn't he do a special edition? <sighs> Spielberg's oh, you really saw, great. You're talking about that movie that I saw the, the, the trailers for, and I never even realized it came out? It's like Ben Kingsley in it that or something? One. Yeah. I, I saw didn't, that I one. didn't even know that it actually come out. Yeah. I don't remember what it's called. I saw a trailer for it. I to see a movie it. on some Sunday. I just, in whatever, we went off and we saw it at Ridgeway. It was a Ridgeway type of special. Okay. You know, quiet. It was fine. You may be one of five people who saw that movie. <laughs> exactly right. Oh, no, I saw Boys in the Boat, which was a totally. You may be one of five people who saw that movie. Is that movie. true? It didn't, it no, is not. No, it's been horrible. It's done terribly. Has yeah. it done terribly? Is that yeah. the George Clooney thing? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is, I mean, I'm not. I, of all people, am not going to condemn a movie for being predictable because, like, yeah. that's what I... I didn't see it, so I'm not commenting that's on the my movie jam. itself. The that's movie. Right. my Jules, jam. Right. But it Jules. is 100%. Jules is the name of that movie, the movie that I saw. Yeah. <sighs> oh, J-U-L-E-S. J-U-L-E-S the okay. is yeah. the name of that. I, I saw the trailer for that four times uh-huh. and never knew that it ever came out. Shockingly, at 84% on Rotten Tomatoes, that blew me away. I think some of that is self-selecting. If I think yeah. if every yeah, American yeah. had seen it, it would not have gotten an eighty-four percent. Oh, is that critics or people? I, I, so I'm trying to. I'm trying to look for if that feels like one where the critics loved it. I. That's not true. I mean, Maybe throwing <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes, but it's not. <laughs> Literally, that's I'm saying true. The, the that feels like one that As someone who engages with, with, with what is left. No, wow, ninety percent audience. Right. It's self-selecting. It's like I said. It's yeah, yeah. Like the, I, the, I don't. I, I paid no attention to Rotten so, Tomatoes. What. What critics, how do you consume, like, do you have, like, three or four critics that you, you read know, all the it, time, it, or how do you consume No, criticism? it's really, it's really not what it used to be, man. I, I, I like Dana Stevens at Slate, who still, like, has a full-time job, like, writing about movies and talks about it on the Slate Culture Gap Fest. Um, you know, I listen to movie podcasts, I listen to The Big Picture, I listen to, it's not strictly a movie podcast, but a lot of movie talk on the Slate Culture Gap Fest. I subscribe to the Film Spotting Podcast, I don't actually listen to it that much. And I'm like a lot of people. Like stuff will pop up on on my on my you know Twitter feed. I'll, but it's not like back in the day where I used to like every week I'd read the Village Voice and see what Jay right. Hoberman wrote and what Amy Tobin wrote, or or, or you know I'd you know I'd read Jonathan Rosenbaum and the Chicago Reader the, or I'd read John Bypass and the Commercial Scott? Appeal. Who is the who is the, is that? Is A.O. It? Scott was, was the that? was one of the film critics for the New York Times. He right. has shifted to more of a book critic, I think, or a sort of critic at large. But for a while, he was him and Manola Dargis were the the main. I think she's still there. Were the main film critics at, um, you know, Adam Adam Naiman, who writes for The Ringer and other places I like. But and so there's no like, to me, it's more I'll see links to stuff because right. I follow so movie stuff. So when you're deciding that's a, a film I want to see, it just 
there's no three places that you go. It's sort of just social media. Yeah, it's the like, general whatever. in the air of right. movie talk and movie writing and movie social media. I'm, I, my, my head's in that world, sort of like it's in the NBA world right. or like it's whatever, you know. All right, speaking of the NBA world, um, Grizzlies have Minnesota, I mean Miami tonight. We'll talk about that in a moment. Adrian Griffin got canned. Your thoughts? Um. It's it, you know it's a it's a weird thing it's an odd thing and some level it's like it's surprising because they were thirty and thirteen and other level it's like people have been waiting for this all season right. like from the moment Terry Stotts got left I the guess he day quit. before the day before the season started he Terry Stotts who was the the lead assistant Adrian Griffin new head coach first time head coach his lead assistant is Terry Stotts previous successful NBA head coach um, who had been Damian Lillard's head coach. I think a lot of people look at that and thought, huh, if this Adrian Griffin thing doesn't work out, like Adrian Griffin thing doesn't work out, Terry Stotts right. is right there to like head coach and waiting, right? Right. You could feel the tension in that from a distance just by looking at the names on a sheet. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. Like like Terry Stotts is there to right. take over if this doesn't work out. And then Terry Stotts quits because he has some interaction, you know, maybe a, a final straw interaction with Adrian Griffin. And I think everyone who follows anybody closely was like, huh, this is a volatile situation. Right. And people have been watching it ever since. There have been hints all season long, even though they've been successful, that it hadn't gone that great. The players maybe are not that into it. The defense is underperformed, all this stuff. So all that to say, not surprising, but why, like, why two days ago or why this particular time? Was Adrian Griffin a a celebrated assistant coming up? Like, was he, I mean, he was in Um, Toronto or whatever. To to, to whatever degree, yeah, he was, he was, he was, it was not a shocking head coach hire. He is someone who had been talked about us. You know, like Darvin Ham or like other, you know, assistants who had been who had been longtime assistants who had not gotten an opportunity yet. He was considered one of the people who might get a head head coaching job somewhere. One That's the, certainly the case. One of the reflexive reactions that some have is Taylor Jenkins was more surprising higher than that, because he was the, right, yeah. yeah. Was of course he was for this team that Taylor Jenkins for Taylor a team Jenkins that was, would have brought into a team expecting to win a title, title in his first right. year. That would have been super yeah. surprising. That might not have worked out either. There is like on the part of some, uh, well, this is what the in- inmates running the asylum stuff. Uh, it's hard to when know. you're when you're a player at the level of Giannis Antetokounmpo, you you are a stakeholder. You're not right. just an employee, and that is certainly the case. And that, there is a, it's I, it's hard to, in the end, you have to parse out. I mean, to some extent, what Giannis like he's a stakeholder. Even if it was irrational, what he would think would matter. But it is very possible that. His criticisms were 100% rational and that Adrian Griffin was doing a lousy job. Oh, I think that that is... Most likely. I wasn't watching Milwaukee closely, but I think for people who were, that was a general feeling that, like, this is not... Yeah. I I don't think people looked at that and said, this guy got hosed. I think people looked at that and said, they're probably a bad hire on the front end for this particular team. Um, And... uh, and so we got Doc Rivers in, in waiting instead. It, it seems, it, it seems, seems to be. If, so the question with that is, is there is it actually not nailed down and it could be someone else? Or is it a thing where they're just trying to, to, ha- to have a little grace period between so it doesn't look <laughs> like it was lined up before? And it's like CNN or whoever, like, you know, you know. Uh, right, but just ahead. Well, ha- have they gone against protocol, basically, where, like, you know, Woj or whoever, like, knows what's <laughs> happening, but is waiting, you know. To get the formal okay. He's working with the, the people to do it in the right, the way they want kind of thing, yeah. Um, David Blatt was fired, of course, uh, this early, the only Somewhat one. similar situation. And they yeah. went on to win the title. Yes. So? There you have it. Uh, also yesterday, and this had happened by the time I talked to you, but I had other things I wanted to talk to you about. Terry Rozier dealt to the Heat. 
Uh, I don't know. If, do, we, do we know if he's going to play tonight? I would assume he will, but I don't. I don't yeah. think that is known. He he is. I, I saw photos of him like get off the plane to Miami, so right. he's there and he's healthy. And I would assume he. I assume he, he, he would. What do you think? I like that for Miami. Uh, I like it fine for Charlotte, given their situation. Uh, but I like it for Miami in particular. Like you know, you, you give up one pick, you don't give up you know everything you can. You, I don't know whether it's a good or bad thing that you don't give up Tyler Hero. They probably like to get off that contract, but like you add, you you get, you know, I. They've been going after bigger fish. Like, they thought they were right. going to get Damian Lillard before the season. There's some thought of, like, would they try to go after Donovan Mitchell, who apparently it's not available yet. Um, and so, Terry Rozier is not a star on the level of those players. Also, not a contract on the level of those players. Right. Also, didn't cost as much to right. get as those players. But, like, maybe is, like, you know, 75 80% of those players. And for Miami, if he's going to ask to be the third best player on the team, because they already have Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, He's a guy who has had big moments in the playoffs before for Boston a few years ago. Um, he is considered like a bit, a bit of a wild card, a bit like a bit of a, a personality. But like in Miami, that works, <laughs> right? And so I think it's, I think he's a <laughs> good got fit. Jimmy Butler reading, leading the I th- show. I right? think Terry Rozier's a good fit for that team. I think that's a good move for Miami. Uh, so Grizzlies wind up their road trip uh, by playing Miami tonight. Um, we did have the news yesterday of the. Olympic pool was announced, and Jaron is on it, uh, include 41 players. Now, mind you, they're going to pick 12 players that they're going to send to the Olympics in Paris, and this list is not definitive. Each of the last two Olympics, players have been on the team who were not in the initial pool, who were not right. in the, this equivalent pool. But 41 players were in the pool, and um, Desmond Bain was one, and Jaron Jackson was another, and John Morant was not one. Um, what do you think the likelihood are that... E- any of those players will be on the Olympic team. Um, I think more certainly more unlikely than likely on all of the above. I mean, you only got so many spots, mm. right? You're right. about forty-one for twelve. Um, Jaron has, you know, has a little seniority there, but like it didn't go. It didn't go well for hardly anybody on that team. Right. It didn't go particularly well for Jaron. I think partly because of how he was used. I think he has subsequently come out and had had a good year for the Grizzlies. I think he's certainly well respected. He's probably someone they want to keep in the mix. And so could I see him – I can see Jaron making the team but not in the same role. Like instead of making the team and saying this is our starting center, is right. making the team and this is our backup power well, forward. Well, Joel Embiid is going to be playing. Right, right, right. So, 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 the so, center. <laughs> so you put Jaron in a different role on that team. I, I wouldn't – I think Jaron is the most likely to be on the team. Yeah, the problem is with 12. I mean, yeah, it, yeah, we, yeah. we sent Desmond Bain – even when he was healthy, we were saying he wasn't going to be an all-star. All-star well, teams. No, they had Austin Reeves on that team. I think it's pretty clear who's better right, at yeah. a similar. It's a similar kind of player. Yes, you know, and so I, I think Desmond Bain actually would make a lot of sense on that team. With Bain, there's the problem of like you know it's just so many spots and whatever, and then he's he's had this injury, and we'll see how he comes out off of that. Of course, the summer's a long way away, and it's only an ankle injury, so maybe that's in the clear. With Ja, like it's not clear whether Ja would be on the list even if he didn't have the shoulder thing. Right. But when you add the shoulder right. thing to everything else, it just doesn't make sense. Um. Yeah, it, it it appears that the superstars want to play in this one. And right. shockingly... The Olympics in Paris. Yeah, the Olympics in Paris. And so uh, Steph has never been on an Olympic team, which astonishes me. But that right. is true. And so whatever. If you know, if the superstars, if LeBron and Steph... I think Jaron Jackson and Desmond Bain would actually be great guys to have as like the 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th guys on right. this team. Because they're very useful and... I think they're fine being the ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth guys on the team, and they're guys that you could keep in the mix going forward. I actually think they'd be great picks for those kind of roles on this team. 
A couple other things. We didn't talk yesterday about Stephen Adams rejoining the team in Chicago uh, to uh, hang out or whatnot. Yeah, I had sort of hinted at that a little bit in my mailbag leading up. I I, I had a notion that that might happen, but I didn't know for certain it was going to happen. But there was nothing, you know, the idea of, that is, Stephen Adams had not been around the team was not was just not a big deal. Right. They're conspiracy theorists with everyone else is with the team. Stephen Adams is not yeah, with the team. I'm not telling you there's nothing to wonder about about Stephen Adams and the Grizzlies going forward, but that that wasn't it. And so, I, I don't think he's going to certainly suddenly be on the bench every game like Desmond Bain or whatever. Because um, I think he'll continue. I don't I don't know where he's been. He's not been in New Zealand. It was funny when I did the mailbag question. Um, mailbag call for questions. I got a question about. I got twenty. Right. I got twenty questions asking where Stephen Adams was, <laughs> and on and on one of my social media because I put it on Twitter or X or whatever, and also put it on Threads. And one of the two, like I had some other person just answering the questions people were asking me, and the answer was he's been in New Zealand the whole time. He's in New Zealand. He was not in New Zealand. My understanding he is he had a surgery and his rehab has been somewhere else in the United States. And Ja is has had his surgery, right? He's Ja. Oh had yeah, that's why surgery. He's a, and yeah. he's, where is he now? I don't know. He's off wherever. I, I mean, he is. We just ask that guy on Threads. Yeah, yeah. I should ask him. <laughs> I mean, Ja has been with the team, right? Um, he was not at the Chicago game. I, 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 I you know, Ja, Ja, like lives in Memphis. They all sort of have homes in right. Memphis, but Ja lives in Memphis right. in a different way than I think Stephen Adams does. Probably, you know, right. Um, I guess you talked about this Monday when I was driving. Now I never recall listening, but you think the most likely scenario at five is that Stephen Adams will be the center next year. I mean, you got Stephen Adams at home, right? I, like you don't have to give up anything to get to right. have Stephen Adams. He's right, <laughs> right there, and you know that that a healthy Stephen Adams is a great fit with this team. So I think that that's obviously the default. I don't think that's a. I don't think that's locked in the way Desmond Bain, John Morant, and Jaron Jackson right. are locked in. I think. I think they have to think about their situation and feel, figure out how comfortable they are with his health prognosis for next season and figure out what their other options are. So I think that's something that's sort of on the table and you're looking at all the different moves. But the easiest move to make is like picking up your Stephen Adams piece and put it <laughs> right. in your starting lineup. It is know? interesting to think. So those ones are locked in. And then you've got the Stephen Adams piece, which seems like a pretty damn good piece. As, as you yep. pointed out, who could you imagine – who you're not, going, you're not getting anybody better, better than a healthy Stephen Adams. Adams. Right. So, but so are that, you getting a healthy Stephen Adams? That's the thing. But then the other pieces are you're not locking in Marcus Smart. You're not locking in Luke Kennard. No, you're I, not locking think, in Brandon Clark. I think you're, I think you're close to locking, locking in, in Marcus, Marcus Smart, but not in the level of Des, Jaren, and Ja. I think, I, think, I think they believe in the Marcus Smart concept as much as they did when they made the trade. Weirdly enough, you are like you're locking in Vince Williams, right? Like there are there are yes, you're locking given, given the contract, the contract and everything yeah, yeah, else. You're yeah. locking in Vince Williams. Yeah, when I will that happen? He's actually fourth on the list. He would be like, the, like, 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 like spoiler alert. At the end of the season, for the last several years, I've done this thing where I've ranked, I've counted down all the players uh-huh. from like eighteen down to one in terms of you know it's sort of the conceit is if you have an expansion draft, how, how do you prioritize right. them? Vince Williams is going to be fourth on that list. Not Marcus Smart, not Stephen Adams, because. Because of contract two million bucks for a wing who right. can play thirty five minutes and help you on both ends of the floor. When will that get done? By the way, when is the when is they going to have the flexibility to go ahead and flexibility to do what? To give them a, to give them a one way. Oh, they, they already did. They've they already, already done. done. I'm that's sorry, that's the point. They, right? They did it. This yes, was locked it. up. They did it for three years and it was cheap, relatively yes. cheap. They have they they have them on the next two seasons for the equivalent of a minimum contract and then a team option after that. So it's a huge bargain. Um. So he is fourth on the most likely list. Yep. Who's next? 
Probably Marcus Smart, but we'll see. I mean, we're a few months away from me writing that. Um, you did, by the way, when we were talking about um, targets um, the yesterday, and I hope people can read that piece. One of the targets, you only had, you had two fives on there. You had Wendell Carter. Um, only had on five the, players. On the, yeah, yeah, right. And then... Nick Richards. Who no one knows who that. I could have made and that no up. No one knows who Nick I Richards made, is. I could have made that up. What is he? He's a actor. I should I should have just made up a player an, to see an, if anyone he, would know. Nick Richards is an actor. He's very clearly right, an actor. Right, right. He, he he's he's a E. He's a host on E. I could have come up with a better name than Nick Richards. <laughs> I really gotta be more creative yeah, than Nick my, my made up players. Seriously. Well, who is the fictional Nick Richards? He's and the why backup. He's, would you be interested? He's the backup center for the um Charlotte Hornets. Um he's a good backup center. He's a good rebounder. He's a seven-foot athlete who's a good rebounder and a good finisher at the rim, doesn't do a lot else. Um, but he's a backup center for a team that already has its starting center locked up and a guy named Mark Williams who they drafted a year ago. Right. And he is on a good contract, $5 million next year, $5 billion the year after that. I'm looking for good contracts that fit my team if I'm the Grizzlies. And he would be? He'd be insurance policy. Yeah, I mean, he in, would play for you. He, he, he would, would have play, the Steven Adams Tillman, piece, basically. and you yeah. would replace, and you would, whether it's in the draft or someone like Nick Richards, that's... I think even if you come back with Adams Clark, you know, Jaron Santi, you need a fifth big who can give you minutes at center. That's Ben Tillman. It, right. it, it could be Tillman again, theoretically. I think it's more likely to be someone else. But I think you have to, even if you come back with the idea of it's Adams and Clark, I don't think, I, don't think, I think in the best case scenario, Adams is not playing... 82 games and playing 30 minutes a night for 80. You know, he didn't, he didn't, do, he didn't do that before the injury. Right. And so you, you got to have some more You did have there. Tillman in one of your fictional deals uh, yesterday. And well, that's was, the most obvious thing to, thing to do is flip right, Tillman for a second-round pick or two. Yeah. But you had him in a, in, in, for a player. You had him for Julian Strother. Yeah, I think Tillman, I think if, if GMs around the league, and this is their job to pay closer attention than I'm paying. But if right. games around the league have noticed, like, I mean, Tillman has had kind of a, a rough season offensively. I mean, he couldn't make it. He was missing every floater he took. He can't finish around the rim, whatever. But go grab your film. Watch this dude guarding LeBron James in the playoffs. Watch right. him guarding Anthony Davis in the playoffs. Watch him that the Grizzlies put him on Kawhi Leonard in games. Watch, you know, that he had he had big playoff, protective playoff games against Minnesota, protective playoff games against Golden State. If I'm a team that's like headed to the playoffs, like Denver, and I need or Boston, and I need some front court depth, the, someone I can throw out there to play defense in a playoff game off my bench in my front court, Tillman Tillman can do that, and like he's it's a two million dollar contract, and there's no money on the books next season. If I right. if I'm a playoff team that needs front court depth, I'm looking Useful at Tillman. Front yeah, court depth. we get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one. They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.